I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spoiler warning. Don't say I didn't warn ya. <laughs> Peace. I hate the word. I got, I got Hello and welcome to Missions X Leguizama Rama, a podcast where each week we watch one thing starring the most underrated actor in the history of the entire world, John Leguizamo. My name is Zachary Wayne, who you may know from at uh, Zachary Wayne on Instagram, and I'm joined as always by my dear friend. Mish Wittrup, she doesn't like to be called Michelle, who you may know from... Uh, you may know from... I did two years of primary school at East Ivanhoe Primary. Like, almost two years. Like, three quarters of year three and then year four. Okay. Uh, East Ivanhoe Primary. I, I, I don't remember it. So, so okay. So, um, so just Discuss. to be clear... Um, you came up with this shit convention that we talk about what we've been involved in. I haven't done enough to make and, and to be able to be like, oh, you know, that fucking great film. I haven't done that shit. So all I can tell you about is my life. No, and that's fair. That's fair. I mean, I, I just mentioned my Instagram. You have an Instagram as well. Um, but I do? That's, no, I totally understand. And I think we do sometimes get accusations of being too niche. Um, and I, I do worry <laughs> that... At most, there's maybe 60 people that know you from your two-year tenure at, at Ivanhoe Primary. Not even. I, I'm not in touch with anyone who went to East Ivanhoe Primary with me. Um, okay. Maybe like one or two people uh, went to the, my high school that came from that school. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I, was the, I have very few memories from East Ivanhoe Primary. Uh, one of them is that I fell down the steps uh, of the music room Mm-hmm. And my school dress went over my head, oh, and yeah. everyone laughed at me. Yeah, I was the new kid, and everyone That's laughed awful. at me. Yeah. Um. So there was that. Uh, I also remember playing mummies and babies, uh, with a couple of my my friends. That was also like height of Spice Girls time. Great. So I remember um coming home from school. And like begging my mum to buy me a TV hits magazine because there would be a Spice Girls poster in it. And then I could put the Spice Girls poster on my bedroom wall and then, you know, tell all my friends about it that I had the new Spice Girls poster. That Like that's kind of it from East Ivanhoe Primary. It wasn't a, a big, big part of my life. Oh, oh, my first ever crush mm-hmm. uh, on a real person that wasn't a celebrity was mm. when I went to East Ivanhoe Primary. Um, if he's what out there, his name what, what, what years did you say you were at East Ivanhoe? Uh, it's kind of three quarters of year three. I okay, kind of yeah. went in at about April yeah. and then all of year four. Um, his name was Jamie. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he'd be listening to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if he is, Jamie, man. Hit me up. Way to break my heart. 
Uh, did you did you ever tell Jamie that you loved him? Yeah, through a note. I, I wrote oh a note God. and I put it in his tub. Um, I asked him to go to the year four or no, yeah, year four dance with me. Okay. And I put it in his tub, and then he showed his friends, and they were like, "Ha ha ha, Michelle Wittrup wants to go to the dance with you, Jamie." Ha ha ha. Ah oh, man. Yeah. And I have a wonder... feeling. I I think I know why I blocked out those years of my life. People wonder why no one, uh, no one, like dating sucks and it really just comes back to everyone has one of those memories. Yeah. And everyone is just like, even at 30, just trying to avoid that. that. And it's like, if we just teach everyone not to be little cunts in grade three. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, because it was experiences like that when, you know, Mish was eight years old. That really dictated how I treated men when I was 27. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because all I really wanted to do, if you look down to the core of it, is I just wanted someone to go to the dance with me. And can I say... The dance of life. Grade three. And I don't know what the international equivalent of that is. And for the first time ever, because we're doing a podcast about an international... Like an actor that, or like a topic that is not uh, specific to Australia. Um, I don't know what the equivalent of grade three is overseas. It's probably somewhere around three. Your third year of school, maybe your fourth. When you're eight. When you're eight and nine. When you're about eight. Doesn't get enough credit as a formative period. Oh, big time. But that was huge for me. I have very vivid memories of grade three. We were in the portable. Um, we were in the portable classroom, uh, and we, and, and I was struggling with cursive. Yeah. I was just about to say that was when you learned how to do cursive. And my teacher was, she said grouse a lot. She oh, said, she was a cool teacher. She was a cool teacher and she said grouse a, a lot. Um, and, and that's, that's really my memory. I remember I had a wicked party. Um, yep. Sleepovers uh, were very big. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. a big thing because I think at that stage, parents were starting to get sick of their kids and were yeah. like, maybe I could just palm them off to another parent for the night. And I'm, I don't, I'm not saying this just to bring it back to the topic at hand, but I think that that is the era of, of I think the two movies that really stick out from that, exactly what you're describing, the mm-hmm. primary school sleepover is been the ultimate disaster movie. Yep. And Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers. Gotcha. So- See, it was a bit different for me. The the, the quintessential sleepover movies uh, were Spice World the movie. Oh, great. That yeah. was a big one. Yes. Um, I remember even though Jumanji came out in 1995, mm-hmm. um, when I was yep. in year three, that would have been 1998, Jumanji was a very popular Film that was my favorite movie as a kid. I saw that at the cinema five times. That's five times. Fucking sick. And Cool Runnings would have been if it wasn't what they played at school all the time. What was our school movie? I think we had one hundred percent Cool Runnings for me. And Looking for Ella Brandy. That's great. We we had um, Matilda, and yes. we had um, oh, there was one. It didn't star Macaulay Culkin, but it should have starred Macaulay Culkin. To. Or yeah, maybe that was it, most. Yeah, yeah. They, that they was went, most movies aimed at nine-year-olds. They year shot olds from in the Macaulay Culkin. 
But yeah. you know, maybe it did star Macaulay Culkin. All I remember is that it was set in like a library and it, The Page it, Master. And it was a kid with like animated books. That's that is Macaulay Culkin. That's the Page Master, and it was Christopher Lloyd. Oh, get the um, fuck and out Whoopi of Goldberg was one of the voices of the books. I loved that movie. That that Matilda, that and the um, Ben Stiller starring Fat Camp movie. I never saw that, but if I did, very good chance I blocked it out. <laughs> no, because I I reckon even at eight years old, I would have been like, oh, that's gonna <laughs> that's gonna you know, along with Jamie laughing at me when I asked him to go to the dance with me, the fat kid. Ben Stiller movie, there's some damage. <laughs> some, yeah, a, like unfixable. Damage oh no, I'm not for... gonna. I'm not gonna uh, then go there. I, I will say that um, <laughs> I remember the ending of the movie was like the that Ben Stiller was mean and um, and the that the camp across the way was mean and they were all right. But it probably did a lot of fat jokes on the way to there, as is the oh, 90s sure. way. So who knows? I can't remember the film. I, I just remember years later being like, oh, my God, that guy was Ben Stiller before he was Ben Stiller. Oh, bless. Yeah, no, I never. we never had the fat camp one, but we did do a lot of cool runnings. A lot of looking for Ella Brandy, which was such a good movie. Love um, although of- I think that might have been a bit later. I don't think that yeah, was Yeah, that seems more olds. like early high school. Yeah, that was Ella very Brandy. much like year six, year seven. Um, like, like we'll, because there's we'll, a very, very uh, touchy over the bra scene with Kick Gurry and Pia Miranda. Fucking hell! I was about to say Kick Gurry. Kick, Kick Gurry. Gurry. I think we've discussed Kick Gurry as previously. if we haven't. Like, like you would. What you happened not- to Kick Gurry? Kick Gurry was so fucking cool. Like twelve-year-old Mish thought Kick Gurry was the fucking coolest man. What a name! Like, yeah, we've uh, we've had uh, uh, on a wolf on this podcast, and she's the only person I know in person that has mm. a name that's like of that caliber. If that makes sense, I don't know many people that have like, oh, that's a fucking name. And on Kick a wolf, when on a wolf's parents got together and made a baby, mm. when they went, our last name is Wolf. Mm. Let's give birth to what will be the funniest woman on the planet (laughs) and we'll give her a name like Honor Wolf. Like she's on a wolf. That's funny and sexy. I never thought of the on a wolf part. I've never seen that pun. The pun is great. I think it's just two very cool words as well. Oh, fuck yeah. Mish, witch trap. Congratulations on the um, release of uh, Mission's Axe Like Guzamarama. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, it should... was a, a big, big thing I tackled all by myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, congratulations to you too. Uh, now, I don't know where this is going to fall in the release schedule, um, where this one falls. So, you know, there's a chance the podcast has been out for a few weeks at this point. Yeah, I think um, it's I think it's two weeks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a... Um, but so you know, as the listener, um, even though we're running ahead, we mm. launched yesterday, and we just want to say thank you so much for all your kind words. Um, yeah. There's more Leguizamo fans out there. It's good to see you. Um, it's good to 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 know that you're there because mm. he's great. So great. He's, he's so good, um, and it's do so you want good. To know who else is uh, uh, looks like might be a little bit of a uh, Leguizamo Rama fan? 
Oh, who? Uh, is John Leguizamo himself. Oh, my God. Who, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Doesn't doesn't follow us on Instagram. No, as probably you, as, never will. Because that's and very ins- intense. That's that's full on. We Zach and I would have a full blown conniption <laughs> if John Leguizamo followed us on Instagram. Um, so no, doesn't follow us, but has liked our mm-hmm. posts, mm-hmm. has shared some of our posts, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and when we released our first episode, which was Super Mario Brothers, go back and have a listen if you haven't. Mm-hmm. Quality fucking listening for about two hours. It's just um, two hour. The longest hour. fucking podcast about Super Mario Brothers, the movie ever. I would argue to say. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, when that came out, he not only shared it, but he wrote Leguizamo Rama exclamation, exclamation point mark. when he shared it. So he was like, oh, you know, Leguizamo He was Rama. like, you know what? That's a good pun. Zach, when you pitched that name to me mm-hmm. when we were trying to decide on a title mm-hmm. for our podcast and mm-hmm. both of us were like, oh, it's so funny, but I think it's a bit difficult. I wish I could have gone back and been like, hey, man, in a couple of months, John Leguizamo will validate that title for you. He's going to validate He's going to share it and go, Leguizamo Rama, exclamation yeah. mark. Yeah. Um, what a thrill. What an absolute thrill. For, Imagine for... being famous enough and loved enough that someone makes a pun out of your name. Oh, man. Oh, how cool is that? I was, yeah. I, after, after he shared that, right, um, I said to, to I, I, I was like, oh, my God. John Leguizamo shared our, our, our thing. And then, and then my partner was like, and I was like, that might mean that he might actually come on the podcast. Yeah. You know, he might actually jump on Zoom and do the podcast. And then and then my partner was like, put yourself in his shoes. <laughs> it's like, have a think about that. Um, <laughs> just think about it for a sec. Uh, the guy was in Ice Age. <laughs> More than that. No, not even that. So but it no, no, no. Even... <laughs> it's not even just that. Um, there are two... Psychopaths of Australia <laughs> that have created a podcast dedicated to your work. Now, when Zach and I created this, we're like, oh, that'll be so much fun because we love John. Never once considered that, let's just say hypothetically, someone decided to do that about us. Yes, Petri- no, yeah. Petrifying. <laughs> It's, 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 it's literally like um, you'll probably have noticed uh, either this is out um, the week after it comes out or there's a few half-hour podcasts. That's because we recorded an hour and a half and cut an hour because we <laughs> were so nervous about saying anything of ill will towards him. We, we, uh, we love John Leguizamo um, a lot. We, we're big fans of John Leguizamo, um, but I feel paralysed. <laughs> Yes. By the fact that I've I've gone, oh no, John Leguizamo is a human being. Mm. Can I, I like say, um, if uh, I I I can't speak for you, Mish, but mm. um, everyone Google's themselves, and every, it, there's surely a, a a day in his life where he'll have a little listen, and he'll go, I might have a little listen, and I just hope that. He is like he feels the same about Kickass Two as we do. Oh yeah. Because what if he was like really proud of Kickass Two and said yes to Kickass Two because he loved it? Um, 
he would be a different man than I thought he would was. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's like I mean, I think that there would be like if we, it, I, I think he'd be proud of something like the Lincoln Lawyer. Mm-hmm. Yes. The fact that he was able to be involved in a movie like this. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he was proud of Moulin Rouge. I'm fairly sure that John hasn't thought about Kick-Ass 2 since about two hours before the movie wrapped. Yes. <laughs> he was out. He, he was, was out. out. He was he out. He was out. When he realised he wasn't in any scenes with Jim Carrey, he was just like, well, fuck. I don't been a care anymore. This McLovin kid. I'm thinking this McLovin kid. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably doesn't like isn't going to make much more after this. <laughs> I I don't have to prove myself to anyone on this set. Nah, they have nah. to prove themselves to me. I reckon it was probably. I reckon the moment he checked out was on his last day, uh, on his last, uh, not his last take, his last shot. So they had the camera on him and they were doing a few takes, mm-hmm. and the director came up to him and said, "Look, I think we've got it, but we're going to do just a couple more for safety." Yeah. At that point, he was like, oh, we've got it. <laughs> yeah. I'm done. Oh, I'm 100%. Done. I'm Thank yes. you so much for yeah. having me on uh, Having me on Kick-Ass 2. Um, you know, that McLovin guy is really friendly. I love the <laughs> catering. Uh, I'm off to do Ice Age. And between those two things, between mm-hmm. this and Ice Age, I can now do uh, the next two projects I can just yeah. do for fun. I can uh, maybe and, do a and play. And also, like, just P.S., uh, just in case any of you forgot, I just did Kick-Ass 2 and not two years ago, I did The Lincoln Lawyer. <laughs> I just I just wanted to clarify that before I leave. Awesome. Thanks so much, guys. Don't worry about taking my makeup off. I'll do it in the car. I'll see you guys later. Bye-bye now. Yeah, Hooray. that's how I feel he handled Kick-Ass 2. And look, John, if you are listening or if you're like someone out there knows John, just know that... We are the reason that we have dedicated so much of our time to this podcast is because we're big fans. I think that's clear. Um, it, I think that's pretty <laughs> fucking clear at this point. Um, and I'm so, so like, it really didn't occur to us that you would ever find out about this podcast <laughs> at all. I didn't realize that you were so active on the socials. Love that for you. Um, but didn't realize you were so active on the socials. I realize we probably look like psychopaths, mm-hmm, but it's mm-hmm. all in it's all in good fun. Yep. Uh, and we're just big fans of your films, man. And we're really, really excited to kind of introduce other people to your work. Because, I mean, I can't speak for everybody, but I'm fairly sure that because of this podcast, at least one person watched a Pyromaniac's love story. Um, I can say at least four people because that was us and the two guests. Yeah, exactly. That's I know. Pretty fu- that's had, pretty cool. <laughs> I've had a couple of DMs. Hmm. I think that... Um, you know we're going to talk about we're going to talk about the McConaughey-sons. I'm sure, um, I'm mm-hmm. sure the McConaughey-sons is going to come up. Mm-hmm. Um, w- let's save that for when we're talking about the McConaughey vehicle. But I think it's about time. Uh, now I don't, I'm not confident that lightning's going to strike twice here. We, you know I, 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 I when I came up with Leguizamarama, I went to bed for the rest of the day because I was like I'm done. That's that's all I can do. <laughs> that was a big day for Zach. <laughs> but I I believe it is time for a Leguizama 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 I believe the time for a Leguizama is upon us. Yep. Um, I think 
I think I don't think the Renaissance is the best analogy because um, he never made fool's gold. So true. <laughs> you That's know, a very good point. You know the the like McConaughey. From what I know, yet to do a Kate Hudson film. Yeah, so 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 because I think the McConaughey sons is very much because you know his what what was his early what was McConaughey's early early work? It was um, a time to kill. So a time to kill was his Middle Ages. Yes. And Fool's Gold was his bubonic plague. Yes. Uh, and, then, and then he had his McConaughey sons. Yes. Um, whereas I feel like, uh, you know, I feel like uh, John's just been rolling through like the industrial age. His, his has all yes. just been like a, an industrial age. So I don't know what, what to call his movement, but I want to push for it. I want to say Leguizamesons because it sounds funny. I think we just stick with Leguizamesons. Yeah. Um, and if and and just know that if you go, well, it doesn't quite work for the trajectory of his career. He's more established. Mm. It's more of like a what did they call Jeff Goldblum's thing? Oh God, I don't know. That, that's all. That's kind of an ongoing thing though with Jeff. He got real lucky. Like mm. he just kind of showed up with his shirt high, like super unbuttoned in Jurassic Park. Or even before that, when he was in The Fly. Like yeah. he just showed up and then, you know, pretty much every, whenever, uh, like every woman between the age of 30 and 65 was just like, great, I'm in love with Jeff. Love Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. And as soon as you turn 30, you're in love with Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> yeah. It's a, th- it's a turning it's 30. It's a thing. You can no longer apply for Miss Universe, but you're in love with Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> <laughs> it's the shift. Yeah, you come shit. in. I didn't know I, look, this. As a male, as a male, we don't do that. We have, we a, have yeah. a, um, we have a like a, um, like a baby spice. Well, I can only speak for my generation. We had a baby spice to Alicia Cuthbert transition. Yep, it's, it's the straight male thing. I feel like. Tell me if I'm wrong. I probably mm-hmm. don't have the right to comment on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you go from your baby spice to your Alicia Cuthbert, or maybe your, um, maybe your posh spice to your Megan Fox. Yep. Oh, that's exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah. Um, oh, that was very good. Or your like, what would Jerry Hallowell then kind of transition into like a, like a Jerry Hallowell would then. I think you jump of... straight to Helen Mirren. If you're Jerry Hallowell, you're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you if you're Jerry off. Hallowell, you're, 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 you're kind of further along the evolution. There. <laughs> yeah. If you're at Jerry you're Hallowell, just, yeah. if you're at Jerry Hallowell at, um, if you're at, really Jerry if you're a Jerry at eight, well, then you're a, Jerry he- you're a Helen scary. by 24. Ginger or scary, um, both of them, if you're there at eight, like you are like anyone mm. that's like just because they're, they're, well, one of them's scary and one of them is ginger, but one of them, but if you're there, maybe even, no, not posh, posh and baby, that's the mm. safe, boring. Mm. Uh, but if you're at, if you're at Jerry... If you're ginger or scary, mm. you're you're good. You're good for you know up until thirty, and then yeah. you can just jump straight to Helen Mirren at thirty. I think. Yeah, that's good. I like that. That's <laughs> clever. Um, basically, John, we're here to start a legvolution. Legvolution. Yep. That's I good. I think that's good. And um, we're, we've started already. We started with Super Mario bunch of weeks later we're now on Lincoln Lawyer and we feel like we're really kicking into gear for you man 
We're here for you and we're really excited. Um, you're not listening this far and you got about five minutes into Super Mario Brothers and went, oh, this is what this is like and then stopped listening. <laughs> you're like, that's very nice that these, yeah. these lunatics are talking about my films. Um, mm. I, I hope they touch. I hope they, they do one of my, you know, 100 good films soon because they've talked yeah. about a couple of the rough ones. Yeah. And we have. Here we are at Lincoln Lawyer. And I, I, I do want to say, John, if you are listening, which you're not, um, uh, look, there was a time when Jeff Goldblum was was for people just, oh, yes, I, I had quite the crush on him when I watched Jurassic Park. Right? Mm. That that was the vibe around Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. And then and then he had a, a something. The internet did something where people were like, Goldblum deserves more attention. Mm-hmm. Same thing happened with Daryl Braithwaite's horses. Absolutely. Thanks to, in no small part, to Dave Callan pushing it, um, the comedian. <laughs> um, we want to be what Dave Callan was to horses, to Daryl Braithwaite's horses, John. <laughs> we want to be to you. You deserve a McConaughey-sance. You deserve a gold bloom. A gold bloom. Yeah, you do. A gold. You bloom. deserve a legvolution, my man. Legvolution. I I like that a lot. Yeah. I don't um, want to lock it in just yet, but I do. Like- <laughs> yeah. Let's not lock it in. Let's not lock it I in. I came up with it on the spot, and it's not that clever. <laughs> no, well, we've got so- legvolution. We've got legvolescence. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I'm leaning more towards legvolution leg right now. I think legvolution yeah. is is actually really strong. Yeah. If any of you guys out there have an opinion, please jump onto our Instagram at Mission Zach. Let us know. Are you team legvolution, or are you team leg leg legwasamaisance? The f- I I'm team legvolution. So I, yeah, <laughs> I, I I cannot leg, say legwasamaisance. Leg Too hard basket, mate. And also, evolution describes it, you know, because Leguizamo's career is one of evolutions. He went through his time as a spawn, mm-hmm. his spawn age, which is not actually while the film Spawn is in that era. Yeah, it's not about the film Spawn; it's about being a little spawn. Then he grew into maturity, but now is his time. He's been now is his time to be. Um, oh, one of the last evolutions of a of a Pokemon. I wish I knew Pokemon I to make this Pokemon. reference work. You know, I'm saying like he's I been a Pikachu. He's been yeah. a Raichu. I dated mm. a guy once that had a full sleeve of like a full sleeve of tats that was um, all Dragon Ball Z. I'm so sorry about That's that. That's okay. Um, but I don't understand Pokemon, Dragon Ball Z. Digimon, is that a different thing as well? Digimon's um, a completely different thing, absolutely. Yeah, went, um, went on a couple of dates with a guy with a sleeve, a Dragon Ball Z sleeve. Um, cool. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. That's, no, 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 it's okay. It's okay. I was fine. <laughs> um, should we um, jump into this movie? <laughs> absolutely we should jump into this movie. Um, <laughs> let's get straight into this movie. I'm so excited about the Legvolution. Um, I'm so excited to brainstorm how we spell that. Uh, yep. But the Legvolution is upon us and it is time. It is time. But let's get into this movie, Mish. Please. Oh, yeah, that's me. Fuck. You sorry. did a paragraph, man. Come I did on. a paragraph. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm here. I'm here for it. Um, so, uh, <laughs> as you can probably already tell by the title of this podcast, this week we watched The Lincoln Lawyer and I'm so fucking excited to talk about it because it was great. It was okay, a good so film. Okay, so for those of you um, who haven't seen The Lincoln Lawyer before, 
get on it. It is on Netflix in Australia. I'm sure it's on Netflix in other um, countries as well. But strongly recommend you should watch it. Um, but if you haven't, here's a queef. queef here's a queef. Here's <laughs> a little queef for you. Listen, um, uh, so just if you haven't listened to this podcast, maybe you're a Lincoln Lawyer fan. Maybe you're a fan of McConaughey. You've tuned in. Um, uh, so this is a podcast all about Leguizamo and around the middle of each podcast, um, just for anyone who hasn't listened to the po- to the, watch the film we're talking about, uh, either me or Mish, we, we just do a little queef. And the reason for that... I'm so sorry. The reason for oh. that is... Oh, I'm running with this. The reason for that... <laughs> oh, God. The reason for that is just because we find that obviously we have the spoiler warning at the top and we just worry that you're going to tune out at this point. Uh, maybe we'll start getting a bit serious talking about our love of film. Maybe we'll start ruining the movie that you want to watch. So we think let's end on a laugh for you. So we do a little queef. Um, Never, ever say the word queef around a professional comedian. That's like a big fucking mistake. Anyway, Fuck. I'm just going to read a quick little blurb about the movie and Mm -hmm. John's involvement in it. Okay? So this is The Lincoln Lawyer. Love that. Pause for queef. Pause for queef. Okay. Uh, The Lincoln Lawyer is a 2011 crime thriller directed by Brad Furman. The film follows smooth-talking, super-slick uh, criminal defence lawyer named Mikey Haller, who's played by smooth-talking, super-slick actor Matthew McConaughey. Uh, Mikey or was it Mickey? I think it was Mickey. Mickey takes on a financially beneficial case involving a smug, super-privileged, totally well-groomed millionaire named Louis Roulette, who is played by Ryan Philippi or Philippe. Uh, this wanker millionaire is accused of beating <laughs> the shit out of an escort. Oh the escort's name is Reggie Campo, who is played by Margarita Levieva. Great name. Um, which is an ac- accusation that he, of course, denies. As the story progresses, it is revealed that Lewis might not be as innocent as he wants Mikey to believe, as several dark and twisted secrets are revealed, leaving lawyer Mikey or Mickey in a very precarious position with his family threatened and his ultra-cool demeanour put to the test. John plays Val Valenzuela, a fast-talking, somewhat sleazy bail bondsman that provides Mikey Haller with the best, most high-paying cases, including the case of Lewis Roulette and the Escort. Good. And that is my blurb that I stumbled over because I said the word queef before I, I started really, it. I really, uh, that was my, I should have, I should have uh, run over queef. Um, no, it's fine. <laughs> it's a funny word to have accidentally said. Yeah, it was very funny. Um, Thank you. I, 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 uh, I, uh, I loved this film. I, I, I watched it when it came out and didn't think much of it because as I always say, I worked at the cinema at the time and I think I just like happened to like just catch it after a shift one time and didn't really think much of it. But to rewatch it um, really holds up. Yeah, I'd never seen it. Mm. Um, I'd heard of, it's one of those movies that I'd had on my list of must watch films, not just because it stars John, well, has John Loguizamo in it, uh, but because one of those movies that everyone says, you have to watch that. I have a lot of those movies on a list, like you have to watch these films. And The Lincoln Lawyer was always one of them, but I always like whenever I was scanning through Netflix or whenever I was looking to rent a movie from Blockbuster, um, it was always like, oh, it just probably is a bit intense and I can't be bothered sitting down to get into it. I think I'll rent you know, fucking rat race instead. Mm. Um, 
But I am so glad that John Leguizamo was in this movie because I got to see it. Because I get it. It's a fucking good film. Um, I, I, I want to delve into this film. Um, uh, I think there's going to be a lot of not funny bits in this just because we really liked the movie and we're both like nerds. So we'll probably mm. just talk about why it's great some of the time. I do want to, before we do that, circle back um, and just ask how often in your adult life you um, uh, choose to watch Rat Race. Um, uh. Well, okay. So reason being, again, I've mentioned this on multiple podcasts, Friends mm. podcasts. I'm pretty sure I mentioned on Recaps. I had the biggest crush on Seth Green. So big. Bigger than Jamie from year three. Bigger than fucking um, Jerry Halliwell, who was my favourite Spice Girl. Um, I had a big thing for Seth Green and he wow. was in that movie. Problem being that I had a crush on Seth Green in Buffy. So yes. I technically had a crush on Oz. So yes. anything I watched, I was always searching for Oz. Mm. But I mostly just got Seth Green in Rat Race. <laughs> so... Um, can I can yeah. I just um, I, we will talk about Lincoln Lawyer. I think it's important to talk about the film we've promised we'll talk about. Mm. But if you ever do a podcast without me, um, if you ever like just branch out and start doing multiple podcasts the way that some podcasters do, mm. I would heavily recommend searching for Oz as the name and theme for it. but that's the thing i was searching for oz in all seth green movies but also in reflection that's how i wanted a a boyfriend to be or a crush to be was like oz in buffy did you watch buffy uh oh yes yes um but then i watched that one where they were all quiet and and uh it spooked me too much Good it episode. just spooked, gave me a big spook, so I kind of stopped watching it for a few years. I was a big Buffy fan. My sister and I were big Buffy fans. It was very mm. uncool to like Buffy, um, oddly enough, at my school. I don't know why, but it was very uncool to like Buffy. But my sister and I were big fans. And everyone who liked Buffy was always like, oh, my God, I love Angel. Or, oh, my God, I love Riley. Like, no one loved Riley. I always preferred Oz. Like, yeah. I, I I thought Seth Green was fucking hot. Um I remember looking up when his – I was a creepy I was a creepy fan, especially for my that age. I was like 12. Like, what was wrong with me? But mm. I, I knew when his birthday was and he I shared the that. same birthday as my friend Laura. Love that. And that, used, that made me really jealous that his birthday was the same birthday as my friend Laura. I remember being really mad about that. Um, anyway, that's why I rented Rat Race over The Lincoln Lawyer. Great. Was because Great. I – loved Seth Green. It just it sounded like this was like this is like a weekly occurrence for you. Like every week you'd <laughs> scroll through, you'd go, maybe Lincoln Lawyer, no, it's rat race again. Yeah, no, no, no. It didn't happen often. Um but when it did happen, whoa oh boy. Rat race um, is great and underrated and I love rat race and uh now we will go back to Lincoln Lawyer. Please. Um <laughs> <laughs> so, um, just quickly want to touch on this. Brad Furman, who was the director of The Lincoln Lawyer, has directed John in quite a bit. Has he? Firstly. Yes. Yeah, so we, we haven't watched them yet. Done. But no, everyone knows that we're bloody going to. He did <laughs> The Infiltrator with him. Oh, wow. And also, um, Brian Cranston's in that. And he's also, Brian Cranston has a, a smallish part in Lincoln Lawyer, which is kind of cool. And he's also yeah. in The Take. 
Uh, oh, both wow. movies that I'm sure we will watch at some point. <laughs> yeah, I'm very excited actually to watch some of these. Mm. Um, I really look. Look, I just got to say, really enjoyed the Lincoln Lawyer. Um, I I say it too often on this podcast, mm. but this is our first drama. I mean, it is, I guess, a bit of a thriller, but I would say it's more of a drama. This well, is I mean, our we first. Did, we oh, did do. A- we did do Body Count. Yeah. But that which... was almost a comedy. <laughs> like Lincoln Lawyer, not a comedy. Um, but body count, almost a almost one. <laughs> almost. Cause it and, and Lincoln Lawyer, so cause it's almost like I would say body count is a little more in the like thriller side. And this was a thriller, but it was just a little more like structurally thriller, but more of a drama, like See, more of a courtroom drama, I guess. I, I think that structurally it was a crime thriller, but no, I would was, argue yeah. that it was shot like a drama. It was mm. almost. It was almost shot like a dramatic television show. Very. It was almost shot like that. Can I? But admit? I think all the other elements, other than how it was shot, was very much like a almost. Oh, I wouldn't say it's a traditional crime thriller because it's not at all. That's kind of what Body Count is. Um, uh, that yeah, it's got like I think other than the way it's shot, it's very much like crime thriller. Keep you guessing. Who? Very um. Very uh. Like um. Uh, John Grisham courtroom drama kind of yes. vibes as well, but like, yes. uh, uh, yeah, shot in a very two thousand and eight way. Can I can I ask you a question? How you're going to give me permission here, um, yay or nay? How nerdy can I go on the cinematography? Because I want to talk about the cinematography. That was one of the few notes I made. Yeah, no, um, no, go, f- go full nerd. Um, I will say before you do go full mm. nerd. Um, both Zach and I are film buffs, and that we're we're both really into cinema. That being said, I like often to just be entertained, mm. whereas I think it's fair to say that you enjoy almost like the study of film and how things are done oh. um, far more than me. So, like, I can watch that and be like, I think that was shot really well. Like, it was shot beautifully and it was aesthetically pleasing. But I wouldn't be able to tell you why. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> Whereas I, I, you could probably do that a bit better than me. Oh, only my I'm just here every once in a while to queef. <laughs> Um, no, I'm very, I'm very like, uh, reticent to say that because I think there'd probably be like real film nerds that are listening potentially. And that they would be like, very like, Oh, actually, um, and, and what I am, I think is a, is that what nerds sound like? (laughs) Yeah. Well, actually, I think you'll find, um, um, so what I am, Mish is, uh, a, a male, and what we like to do is we like to take anything we love and just like learn as many facts as possible so we can prove we love that thing more than anyone we talk to. And then we just yep. go, fact! And, and then we fact at each other until one of us wins. Oh, and that yeah. doesn't matter if it's football, if it's comic books, um, <laughs> whatever it, it is that we take an interest in, we go, I like this and now I will absorb the facts um, whether that be the scores or the players on the team or the ca- the ca- the history of the character in the comic book or the amount of rides at Disneyland. Mm. Um, we love our facts and we love to throw them, but I'm not... I would lose in a nerd fight on most film people. Do you um, think that if you were to go on to a quiz show where you had to bring in a topic that you know the most about, it wouldn't be cinema? No, it would be Disneyland. It would be it would be Disneyland. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, I think would... I think mine, mine would be – I could do it on Buffy. I'd need a couple of weeks to catch up, but I was that into it when I was younger. 
um, either that or Shakespeare comedies, which is very different. Wow. That's, that's impressive. I would need a couple of week, a weeks to like hone my skills. But I reckon at the very least I could do a Midsummer Night's Dream because I was in seven of them. So seven I could do I could I could do I'd bring in a Midsummer Night's Dream I know way too much about that more than Shakespeare himself well because I feel like it was a very it's a very actor thing and we'll never admit this to just like if we do a thing actors love to watch a movie version of it just to like Mm. get their heads around it yeah and like if you've done seven then that means you've probably watched more than one of the movie versions absolutely because most people just watch what if Kenneth Branagh made it Mm-hmm. You bet your ass that every actor that's been in a version of it has watched the Kenneth Branagh film. Absolutely. And then, and then would try to frame that as they read it. Yes. So if you're ever talking to an actor and they talk about having read a Shakespeare comedy, mm-hmm. um, find out, just grab your phone, do a little Google, find out if Kenneth Branagh did a film version and mm-hmm. then just try and trap them by by maybe <laughs> saying like... Try, um, try and trap your nerdy as fuck, mate. <laughs> They'll be like, uh, you know, Yorick was a very interesting character in Hamlet. Yum, 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 yum. And then just in the conversation, I don't even know if it was just like refer to the character as Robin Williams. Just go. And then when Robin Williams did this um, uh, and then they say, yeah, then you know that they didn't read Hamlet. They just watched mm. the, 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 the four hour version of it. Yeah. Basically, Kenneth Branagh Shakespeare films is the equivalent of a wiki page. <laughs> he is our wiki? Yeah. Kenneth Branagh is Shakespeare's wiki. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Anyway, talk about the cinematography, please. So, right. Of Lincoln Lawyer, not of Kenneth Branagh Shakespeare films. So that's our next podcast. <laughs> do you know the, do, uh, uh, Paul, Paul Greengrass, I think, um, uh, Paul Greengrass, who directed the second, um, the second Bourne film. Speaking um, of excellent surnames. Greengrass. Yeah. It is fantastic. Um, Paul Greengrass directed the second Bourne film. And uh, I think I've talked about this on another podcast, but he um, he started out, he's a completely different director to anything in this, but he started out in um, documentary, I believe. Mm. And then he, uh, when he moved to drama, was like, I want to shoot drama like it's a documentary. He was inspired by an old film called The Battle for Algiers, which I have not seen. Mm. Um and he, he wanted to shoot drama like documentary and, and just have the cameras there picking up whatever the actors did in the same way a documentary filmmaker would. Um, he would have two cameras on them at once. Um, he did a few films. One I saw years and years ago called the um, called uh, Bloody Sunday, about the Bloody Sunday yep, yep. events in, in Ireland. 
And I remember just being like blown away in like 2003 being like, this feels like a documentary, but it's a drama because the guy from Cold Feet is in it. Um, and I know this is a drama <laughs> because the guy from Cold Feet is in it. And then, um, <laughs> so he did that. That was his whole aesthetic. And then, then when they got him to do the second Bourne film, funny fact, I've not seen the Bourne films either. Um, he then brought that aesthetic and then everyone, everyone in Hollywood, uh, both film and television just were like that. That is what we will do for 10 years. We yeah. will pretend, but they didn't get like, like 98% of the people that watched what he did. So for context, he did the Bourne films. He did United 93. He did uh, Captain Phillips more recently. Oh, okay. Yep. Um, Bloody Sunday. That aesthetic of like just documentary vibes. Mm. He invented, or you, there's people, smarter people than me that will argue otherwise. He invented the this sort of notion of filming or his cinematographer, this notion of filming like this, this handheld kind of thing. So did um, he do Lincoln Lawyer? No. Oh, okay. No, he did not. He has nothing to do with Lincoln Lawyer. And everything I'm saying will be challenged by someone smarter than me. Mm-hmm. But basically he brought it to Hollywood, I would say. And um, it's really funny because, like, his legacy, he's this incredible filmmaker that, like, like redefined drama and his legacy is Battle Los Angeles and Boston Legal. Just in, like, because <laughs> <laughs> so many filmmakers were like, oh, the way to do that is to just have a really, really shaky camera shaky all camera, the time. Yeah. Really, really shaky, make you feel sick, and like lots of quick zooms. So whenever, like, whatever William, whoever the fuck is in Boston Legal, says something witty, I will just do a quick zoom on them. Um, and it's so funny because it's the worst thing is like a bad filmmaker. Because then there's like a scene in like Battle Los Angeles where like someone's just at a at a at a like cemetery, and the camera's just like like just. <laughs> And it's like, if this is a documentary, the camera guy would have like found his angle and just stuck with it. You know what I mean? Um, And Boston Legal is just like quick zooms all the time. Like quick zoom, quick zoom, quick zoom. And I feel like, I think, and most people think they hate that way of shooting things. They hate that like impromptu camera just catching what it sees way of filming things because 95% of the time it's done really badly. This was too long of a path, and thank you for the permission. Right. This was this film reminded me how much I love that way of filming things, because it's like okay, because it's like someone doing and that, we're back and we're okay. back. <laughs> okay, cool. Someone doing that Paul Greengrass aesthetic. It's a very John Grishamy sort of thriller, but mm-hmm. it's got this like it 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 when when the scenes are still the camera is still but like when there's activity happening it just really feels like they're just catching stuff and it gives yep. it a really great like kinetic energy like the whole film just feels really in the moment and really like alive in a way that films like this often don't it feels mm. very like real and and I loved it I loved I really loved the cinematography no, no, I no, I compl- I completely I think you put that very very well. I completely agree. They also I don't know the name of the shot. I should, but I don't. Oh, please. Where it's, it's one long continuous shot. Um the opening scene with John Leguizamo actually and Matthew McConaughey walking through to the courtroom. 
Yeah, there wasn't uh, an edit in that. I didn't even know. Nah, and that. there was a couple of those as well. Very similar. It gives that kind of... I think you'll you, find... You know, it's very quick kind of stuff. Mish, I think you'll find they call that one long continuous shot. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, I don't yeah, know no, if you know great. this, Zach, but I did study film and television for six weeks. <laughs> did Whatever. You? Yeah, I did. Oh, acting, film and television yeah. acting? Yeah, acting, I, um, film and television. As an, actor, cool. as an actor, that, like, gives me, like, full dread. There's a scene towards the end in the courtroom where, like, where he's, like, orchestrating things in real time because um, in this world courts don't have recesses. So he's like, okay, but you got to go do this and you have to come in at exactly 10.15 and, like, there's this really intense scene where he's jumping around and that was done, like, all in one take as well. Yeah. And I used to love those things. I used to like love because it like when it's done well, those sort of mid length single take shots, it makes it feel very in the moment and you feel the pace of it in a really real way. Mm. But as a bad actor, all I feel is like, oh, oh I would just suck yeah. at that. Uh, big time. There's a movie, I believe it's a Russian film. It's two, two and a half, three hours or something. The yeah. whole thing is done in one shot. That gives the actor bones in me such chills and fear <laughs> like imagine being the person that fucks that up imagine like, imagine being at even like um what was that one in um a birdman yeah like and that's like well no pop- but birdman that like there were cuts yes like, yeah it was, it was just fake. edited beautifully to make it look like it was all one big shot but i mean still there were scenes in there that were probably 10 to 15 minutes long where you couldn't fuck it up but this one particular film I'm, I'm hoping I'm right in saying that it's a Russian movie. Um, it is, yeah. It's, it's called the entire... Russian Arc. No, well, yeah. <laughs> the whole thing is done. Like, just imagine them, take. say it's three hours long. Imagine getting to the two hour and, you know, 52 minute mark and being the cunt that falls down the steps. You you just, you just, uh, I like, because that's what, like, three minutes freaks me out. If you're at two and a half hours in, it, and, and more than that, if you're, like, not in it until two and a half hours in, that's, yeah. I think, the thing that would, like, just kill you. If you're in it the whole time, you'd be able to make a mistake and ride through it. Oh, I fucked up that line. That's fine. Yeah. I'll keep going. Yeah. If you're in it two and a half hours in, from the moment they are rolling, you would just be like, don't fuck this up. Don't fuck Imagine this up. Don't not fuck even fucking. Up. Imagine not even being like, oh, don't fuck this up going and then, like, you know, accidentally knocking over a vase. Imagine, like, going, oh, I'm not on for another two and a half hours. I'm just going to go eat an egg sandwich over at the catering table and then missing your cue. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. They would hate you. Everyone you know, on set would hate you. Do you know what I would dread what I dread more than fucking up in those sort of long takes though? What? Is like just being a bit eh? Like yeah. imagine like you've got one scene in a single take movie and there's a few of them. You've got one scene two hours into a two and a half hour single take film. Hmm. They come it's take three. Like they've shot the film for the third time. They get to you. You get all your lines out. You don't fuck it up, but it's not great. And then mm-hmm. they leave. And then it's like, I think they're going to use that. Ta- this is the film. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, that would hurt. That would be the killer. Like if you did a really great job and then like after you, someone fucked up and then the next take you do. Okay. Mm. And then, and then they get to the end. That would suck. That would suck. I don't feel like anyone in the Lincoln Lawyer would have felt that way because none of the shots were over like five minutes. Nah, you, Still, you that's just... a long time. But also, this movie was so well cast. 
Um, oh I my would say God. impeccably. Like the like it was impeccably cast. Like I'll use Matthew McConaughey. No, I won't because we'll talk about him. I'll use Ryan Philippe. Philippe. Philip. How do you Philippe? Oh, Ryan I don't Philippe. Reese Witherspoon's ex. <laughs> Guy from Cruel Intentions, right? We're all, yeah, we're great. all on page. I can't think of a better person to play the unlikable rich dude than Ryan Philippe. I don't know him. I don't know anything about I'm sure he maybe he's lovely. Here he's not, but maybe he's lovely. <laughs> um, but fuck, man, he plays an unlikable rich kid so well. Like it, I can't like, and he does consistently as well. The guy know the guy knows his, like niche. Like he knows. Yeah. I remember seeing him play a love interest. I think the movie was called Playing the Heart, Playing of the Heart, where he plays mm-hmm. Angelina Jolie's love interest. It's shit. There's no chemistry between the two of them. He's not. He doesn't play likable well. But no. Fuck. I hated this guy, and I remember hating him in Cruel Intentions, and I mm. remember hating him in all the other bu- bullshit movies where he always plays the unlikable guy. It, fuck, it was good. Um, and also the guy who played the prosecutor, totally forgotten his name, which is going to bother me so much. Um, what was his name? I feel like every like every time, I, every movie we watch, uh, mm-hmm. every movie we watch, I run across uh, like so many actors that it breaks my heart that they don't have a Leguizama Rama. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, like... Uh, we've chosen we've chosen John Leguizamo yeah. to to grace upon our four to five listeners. He's got yes. half a million followers on Instagram. Yeah, he's doing just fine. But and, we, I'm, we, and I'm so sure that he's like, I can't believe they chose me. <laughs> oh, <that's sweet. laughs> oh my god! Anyway, so nice. uh, back to anyway, I'm like gonna go making and live a... my life and not pay attention to these two psychopaths. <laughs> I'm off to say yes. Way to... too much time to my life in there <laughs> week. I'm off to like choose which project I do, and then if I don't like any of them, make a hit Broadway one man show. But good mm. for them. Mm. Um, but it's like it, I keep running across people. I'm like they deserve a leg was arm. Like like uh, William H Macy. William H Macy deserves a uh, William H uh, M- Macy-thon. Macy-thon. Mace. Mace. Mace solution. Mace solution. Macy. May see yeah, more may see. may see. Yeah. I may see people more People need to see some more may see. <laughs> people need to may see his stuff. Got it. Done. <laughs> I've never seen a film with so many uh, people that had a crack at being the romantic comedy leading man. Like at some film, point in their life. At some point, every single one, like it, it's a guy pierce away from like, all of them like (laughs) (laughs) what i really really liked about this particular movie because i like we've discussed it before is i love a crime thriller yes i'm I'm really really into it i like the shitty ones and i like the fucking really well done ones what i liked about this movie which makes it different from other crime thrillers say that were you know like body count um (laughs) is that it isn't necessarily about big twists or about no. big reveals or anything like that. It it treats the audience like they're a bit smart <laughs> and goes, well, here's your evidence. Like these are the little specks of evidence that we're going to give you throughout this movie as to whether or not this unlikable little cunt played by Ryan Philippi did in fact commit this crime. 
what do you think with the little bits of evidence that we're going to give you? And you kind of get to the conclusion at the same time as the protagonist of the movie does. It's not like there's this big like, oh, my God. Um, and I like that. I like having to use my brain <laughs> without yeah. then being told, but you're a fuckhead. Do you know what I mean? At the end of it by going, actually, it wasn't ryan it was you know your it was john leguizamo if it was a 90s movie it was a 90s crime thriller the killer would have been john because it was uh it was fucking matthew mcconaughey's little right hand man it would have been john just... or william h macy one of them Absolutely. or maybe them together yeah like... if, or because because they're lovers or something like that yeah, it's like, yeah, well, yeah. actually uh-huh. um but it wasn't it was very much like you got there yourself which i really really liked and i also really loved uh, again, finding the words. Something I'm really interested in is like, and just tell me if this is too wanky. You can just kind of have like a little wank alert, but it's like, <laughs> well, I know that it's too wanky. Yeah, it. It's fine. <laughs> is authorial voice, I think that's the word, versus character? Versus character voice? Yeah. Does that make sense? <laughs> um, yes. No, please, please continue. <laughs> I shouldn't have said the word authorial voice. So That's what did it, right? Like, no, it's nice. <laughs> the listeners out there, you're learning more about us as we do stuff like this. And I think it's important for you to know that Zach, big wanker. Big old toss bag. Big fucking movie wanker. Go on, darling. All wanker. Any topic, I'll be a wanker. <laughs> I really like um, when I'm a big fan of when... Uh, what the film is trying to say and what the filmmakers are trying to say mm. isn't necessarily like evident in what the characters are saying, particularly mm. up top. And I yep. really like when writers write themselves into a corner. And I feel like this film, I mean, it's a, probably a cliche in this genre. So like mm. maybe, but like, I felt like this film did it really, really well where it's like, we're going to start with like a morally bankrupt character mm-hmm. He's, he's properly morally bankrupt. He's properly, like, crook. Uh, I'm going to make him really unlikable and say really awful things about the people he defends. Then I'm going to, like, then I'm going to write into a full corner in that he's defending a really nasty, nasty guy. And then it's like, and how do we get out of that? Like, how do we, yeah. like, how, like, by a third of the way in a bad writer would have just shot themselves in the foot so many times in Absolutely. terms of what's been said and the position they're in. Mm-hmm. And there's no way they'd be able to get out of it structurally well without just like being just real shit. Mm-hmm. And I love this film because it, it it sets up a really bad character and a really or amoral character and puts them in a like really difficult corner narratively mm-hmm. and then manages to get him out. I really liked that. I really liked this film. I thought it was very clever. Cleverly that was done. very well and put. Thanks. Thank Zach, you so much. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Thank I think you. it's um, unlike, we'll use Body Count as an example, but there's so many. We'll use Body Count because we happen to have watched it and we've released a podcast about it. So go back and listen. Go back and listen to The Body Count after you've listened to Lincoln Lawyer. Can, can we um, say, John, if you're listening, um, you were great in Body Count. So good. Genuinely, John was the best thing of Body Count. But there was a point in Body Count where I didn't give a shit who died. Mm. Like I was like, cause the whole idea is like the body count is how many people are going to die before like, you know, uh, um, the, the end of this movie is, has hit us. Mm. I didn't care in body count. I was like, I'll fucking just die then. <laughs> Whatever. Whereas in this particular movie, what I thought was like, what you just touched on is that the writer 
somehow managed to... I wanted to know how Matthew was going to get out of this situation. I was gunning for Matthew because Ryan Phillippe was so fucking unlikable. But at the same <laughs> token, I wasn't I wasn't gunning for Matthew because I think he's a great stand-up guy. Like it yeah, was yeah. it was it wasn't even gunning from it's not even gunning from it was just like I was really interested to see how he would get out of it. And can he be sexy and charming while he does it? And Matthew yeah, McConaughey. And you know what? The way you do that is you cast Matthew McConaughey um at the peak of his <laughs> Big sexy career. Um, Matthew McConaughey. Touching on the Matthew McConaughey stuff as well. Um, Tell me if I'm wrong, but I believe that this was like a particular turning point in his career when he took on this movie. This was inside the McConaughey-sons. Like this was definitely in the middle of that. But like there was still very much elements of big sexy Matthew in this film. But I think that that also just comes with being big sexy Matthew. It's not like he can... I was about to say it's not like he can help it. He he can. He could eat a bunch of burgers and start smoking, you know, 500 cigarettes a day and look like shit. But he's just a big sexy man. But he'd done a whole bunch of rom-coms previously. Some very good ones. Some fool's gold as well. <laughs> that, not so much. Um, but his other Kate Hudson rom-com, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, excellent rom-com. Oh, yeah, I forgot about How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Just an excellent rom-com. Um, but, yeah, I think that. It showed me, that being said, I've seen a bunch of other movies now since 2013 that star Matthew McConaughey where he's a fucking excellent actor. But um, what a brilliant way to kind of go, hey, like I'm actually really good at my job. (laughs) Um, And out comes, you know, Matthew. I think the best way to cast uh, like someone is to like make their, what people call their flaw as a performer Mm. and like make that a flaw of the character. Or, Or really... Stop saying that's a flaw. Stop saying that Nicole Kidman is um, uptight because mm. if you cast her as an uptight character, she's amazing. You mm. know what I mean? Like people like often go at actors when the issue was casting and well, this is I'll, the perfect I'll, example of that. I'll touch on that. the Nicole Kidman one. I'm a big... Uh, um, I, I, I did that to Nicole. <laughs> so <laughs> I saw her in the hour, not in um, in the others. And mm. I was just like, oh, she's so uptight. I see her in the hours. I'm like, oh, she's so flimsy and uptight. And then so I carried with me that, oh, Nicole, yeah, she's fine. She's just so like, she's just such a kind of tense person to watch on screen. And then I watched um, Big Little Lies, mm. the, the TV show that she did. Um, and holy shit. Like I was like, and I, I realized I'm like, Nicole is an insane actress. Yes. And yeah. she's just really good at making you believe that she is tense and unlikable. She's very good at that. It's the mm. same way that like. And so when you'd see her in interviews and stuff where she'd be like all sunshine, you'd be like, oh, she's fake. <laughs> it's like, no, actually, she's just very good at her job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that thing, isn't it, of like people just want actors to have all this. It's like, nah, fuck it. Like d- like the McConaughey-sons is built around like giving Matthew McConaughey roles he's good at. Mm. And we believe this is the beginning of our campaign for the Legwolution we believe that, that Hollywood needs to give John Leguizamo leading man vehicles that plays to his strengths. Mm. Um, hashtag Legwolution. Mm. And when the time comes, I don't think it's this movie, but I do think it'll be a very interesting discussion to have as to why he hasn't been given that yet. Mm. Um, I don't think this is the right movie to discuss that, but it will come. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, it's something I'm very interested to talk about because it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me that someone as good as him 
with ob- he's obviously respected because he's constantly getting work. So even behind the scenes, you can like grandiose assumption. Um, if John Leguizamo is a cunt, I didn't know. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> considering how often he's hired um, and by the same people, he's clearly quite respected. Mm, um, mm. I'm very interested to discuss, despite that respect um, and his consistency of work and his clear talent, why he hasn't been given opportunities like other leading men and that's a discussion for another time (laughs) we're gonna Um, do some funny ones after this i think (laughs) yeah i think that's probably important um but yeah um i think that i'm I'm not gonna lie about seven minutes into recording this podcast i needed to pee Mm. um so i think it's i think maybe it's time to wrap this up (laughs) yeah i think so i reckon we wrap this up uh, uh, um let's give it a couple of leguizamos read a review and get the heck on out of here so uh, obviously saying that it's not a, f- a star rating again, I'd like to reiterate that despite the fact that everyone knows this now. We're not rating by stars because if we were rating by stars, it would be a different score. Mm-hmm. Um, you go first this week, Zach. Um, I think that uh, it's a great film. I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, 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 Leg was was not in it as much as I thought he would be. Um, and, you know, I wanted him in it more. Because that is the nature of this podcast. thought it was a great <laughs> film. In terms of Leguizamo's, I thought it was a great film and he was great in it. Yeah. And it was great that he was in such a great film. And it was a quintessentially Leguizamo film. Sorry, not this is your time to shine. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, I think he has depth beyond that character. You know, I, I think he can do that character well, but he has depth beyond it. Um, you know, the character was there to serve a purpose. He didn't really, there was no depth to it because you can't in two scenes. So uh, based on that, I loved the film. I loved his work within it, but he was not in it a lot and it didn't show his strengths the way that other films, you know, a Moulin Rouge or a Romeo and Juliet or a When They See Us does. So I'm going to give this film uh, three Leguizamos because it was a great film. He was great in it, but he wasn't in it a bunch. Okay. Um, I agree with you on a lot of what you just said, but I disagree as well. Um, I think that it was a fucking very, very good film. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, two hours, which was nice from the one hour and 20 minute movies that we've been watching recently. Although I will just say, just to interject and then I'll let you do a full review. I watched Mm -hmm. Boyhood the other day, which is a great three hour film, Mm -hmm. but two hours is a lovely sweet spot. (laughs) Very, very beautiful length of film. Um, I do think that it showed John's uh, capabilities and abilities as an actor because he was only in three scenes and yet he still did such beautiful work in it. So mm-hmm. I think that there was some really nice nuance in what he was doing. Um, yes, I do think that his talent deserved at least double the amount of scenes that he had. <laughs> I wish, um, I wish, I'm hoping that in the cutting room they didn't cut a big John scene. That would hurt yeah. my feelings. Um, I worry that maybe that did happen just considering there was so little of John and then they got John in to do the role. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm, mm. um, so taking that all into consideration, um, excellent film. John, brilliant in it. I do think that that he plays that role so well because I think mm. he's often cast that way. Um, and I would have liked to have seen more of him. So I'm going to give this, considering all of that, three and a half. Leguizamos. 
Absolutely. Out of five with potential a, Leguizamos. With a huge asterisk. I think um, let's make sure there's an asterisk on this one if we post it removed from the context of the podcast. Mm. Um, great film. John Leguizamo was great in it. The only reason it gets a low Leguizamo score, a middling Leguizamo score, is because Leguizamo was not the lead. Yes. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Um, um, yeah. This is but, the f- first... Oh, yeah, go. No, I was just saying, but I'm, I'm really glad that we got to do uh, a movie like this one because we had kind of been dealing with a lot of comedies or movies that weren't meant to be comedies but were just funny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Where so people yeah, let was, John was, down. Yeah. So I'm really glad we got to do this and I'm excited to do other ones similar too because I think there's quite a few of them in there. Yeah, he's he's a great he's a great actor. He's got great films, and I'm so glad that um, exactly that we mm. we finally watched a film that where the writer, director, editor, co-stars were up to his standard. Exactly. Um, very good job. Uh, this now is the part of the podcast where we read um, a review, and for the first time, we have reviews, which Yay. is so exciting. Um, uh, just so if you're listening for the first time or if you want to know, if you give us a five-star review, each week we're going to read one or two of them. Um, if you give us a four-star review, you can fuck off right off. Yeah. And if we get like a two-star review or a three-star review with someone genuinely reviewing this like we're doing a film review podcast, fuck off. 100%. Just fuck. If I see any, guys, there's a lot of chit-chat when I want to hear about the movie. Mm. These two guys, sure, maybe there's some chemistry between them, but they certainly aren't professional reviewers. You're right. <laughs> we know. It's called Mission Zack's Leguizamarama. Yeah. We didn't just call it Leguizamarama because we were conscious of the fact that if we didn't put our names on it, people would come to it and go, this is not worthy of John Leguizamo. Mm. We know we're not worthy of John Leguizamo. Yeah. You want Leguizamo? Watch a Leguizamo film. Yeah. Don't listen to this. Um, if you're like if you're like a fan and you think, oh, wouldn't it be funny to give them a two-star review because they'll react to it and be funny about it? I want to say when we're not going to react to it, we're not going to be negative, we're not going to do anything funny around your two or three star review, we're going to ignore it, we're not even going to read it. Yeah. So the only way... You guys will think that we're ignoring it and that we're not reading it, but chances are Zach and I are going to call each other at 10.30 at night. Absolutely. Going, why don't they like us? What is wrong? What did we do? But we're not going to give you that satisfaction. So if you like us... You're not joking along. We will mm. only engage with five-star reviews. <laughs> we will only engage with five-star reviews. We to will... the public. I will engage with less than five-star reviews, but it will be by myself in my room. And it will room. hurt our feelings. And it will hurt my feelings. Anyway, read some of our five-star reviews, Zach. And you, just so you know, you don't have to be nice. Everyone's really nice in these reviews. You can say funny things in the, in the reviews. Just make sure it's yeah. five stars. That's yeah. the key. Oh, if yeah, if to you hate reading. it, just give it five stars and then be like, "This is a sack of shit podcast." But here's your five stars because too much talk because of one we asked you nicely. Okay, you know. we asked you nicely. If you want us to engage with your negative review, hmm. you have to give us five stars. Five stars. <laughs> if you have a I don't genuine know how issue, clear we can be. If, if you, you have- hate us and you want us to address that, give us five stars and then tell us. How much you hate us. If you have constructive feedback, give us five stars, then give the feedback. Yeah. And if you liked the podcast, be nice. Please don't be mean. 
So, um, I love niche podcasts and also John. Thank you, Mission Zach, for making lockdown so much more enjoyable. Was so worried that after recaps finished, that was our old podcast, mm. uh, I would have nothing good to listen to, but you have delivered. And that's from Wandering Alien. Oh, thank um, you. That's so lovely. From MCook84, five out of five Leguizamos. Oh, someone listened. Who, who said that? Uh, M Cook 84, legitimately funny, entirely accessible, <laughs> would send to my mum and mates. I promise you'll laugh. Definitely worth getting on board. That's my boyfriend. Oh, bless. That's so sweet of him to oh, have written that. Thanks, babe. My girlfriend, my girlfriend just gave five stars and I was like, do a review. Say oh. I'm Zach's girlfriend. That's so sweet. Oh, bless him. Isn't that sweet of him? Yeah, it's lovely. Thank you for the five stars, Mission's boyfriend. Um, And uh, I would say, actually, this podcast only gets three Leguizamos because Leguizamo, maybe even two Leguizamos because Leguizamo is not in it. But we talk about Leguizamo a lot. Yeah. So two or three. But if you want to tell us that, give us five stars and then say in the body of your review. This is only worth two Leguizamos. You can a give five a star po- podcast that's worth two Leguizamos. I think if two you, Leguizamos. If you is want to give right. our podcast two stars, mm. you you can do that. Just give us five stars, and then in the body, with the quality of in the title, you can say actually this was only two stars. But don't say that because people will read it and then they won't listen to our podcast, mm. and then we'll stop doing the podcast. So if you like the podcast, you got to tell people that it's good. Yeah. Um, last one, Nikki Boy, five stars. Thank you, Nikki Boy. Thank oh my you, god, Nikki Boy. that's so sweet of you to give us five stars. Title is legumes, which is a word that sounds like Leguizamorama yeah. or Leguizamo. That's good. Thank you. I'm only seventy five minutes into the Super Mario Bros, and I've just been <laughs> smiling the whole time. I enjoy the fact that you both went in semi personal tangents, which allowed myself to connect with you only. You as the host, but not with not only you as the host, but the movie itself. Well. Nikki boy, you are going to love Misha's 20 minutes on her primary school years. Yeah, and also can I just say my favourite thing about that is that our first episode of this podcast on Super Mario Brothers was so fucking long that Nikki boy had to take a break at 75 minutes. (laughs) At the 75 minute point and be like, fuck man, I gotta go and, you know, make a cup of coffee, eat a piece of toast and while I'm doing that, I'll just write my review before I get back to it (laughs) because... That's a fucking long podcast. Well, how long have we been recording this one? About for? as long as that podcast. <laughs> All right, cool. Let's wrap this up. I really need to pee anyway. So, um, thanks so much for listening, guys. Really appreciate it. Go watch The Lincoln Lawyer. It's definitely worth it. Fuck Thank you. Fun. Thanks, Mish. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 